0: Hola, this is Maria Plata, and I am here to tell you all about the random things I learn every day. I am a mom, a wife, a teacher, a highly sensitive person, and just a creative soul who wants to share my day-to-day learning with you. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast, and let's get talking. Hello, and welcome to the Plata Life Podcast, Season 6, Episode 49. We're getting towards the end here. This is so exciting. Um, I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but I'm also sick now. And it's been like the weirdest week. I don't even, I wish I could capture all of everything that's happened in the last week and how much duality there's been in my life and just kind of like what the heck is happening. But um, I did end up taking my youngest to the doctor on Monday It ended up being freaking COVID and, um, took four days off of work. Some of those, which are not paid because I've run out of days, which is totally fine. I'm not mad about that. I'm just frustrated at the fact that it's been almost four years and we're still dealing with COVID and we're still having to like do all this. And I'm just so tired. Like, I wish I could explain to you how tired I am with all of this, but, um, I'm just glad I took him in because um, we were able to get a referral to the neurologist again so that we could get these seizures looked at um, since this last one was a little bit different. And so it's just the process works a little bit faster when we have all these referrals in place. and all of that stuff so now we wait for an opening and then we go whenever we can which means another day i'll probably have to miss work and it just is what it is it it just is what it is so um everything checked out i thought it was going to be like an ear infection or something but you know it's ended up being COVID. and the fever just came and went like on and off and technically we could have gone back on thursday because we do like if your child is, you know, testing positive or whatever from the first day that they display symptoms, then you have to wait five days before they can come back to school, which I totally agree, totally get it. Um, and so I understand that, but on Wednesday he had another fever because it was just like coming and going. So obviously we couldn't back or Tuesday, I don't know, whatever day we couldn't go back until Friday is the whole story. Uh, and so, yeah, as you can probably hear it, my voice is all weird now. I've been testing, it's all been negative. I've tested my oldest, they're negative, but now we have this like, it's not a sore throat anymore. It's, it was like a sore throat this weekend, but now it's just like I'm losing my voice, but I feel fine. I don't. This is so exhausting, and this is what I'm talking about. Like, <laughs> during. <clears throat> During the lockdown, I'm sure if you go back and listen to my very beginning episodes, I sound like a mad person. Um, But during the lockdown, it just seemed so so much simpler, right? Like you just stay home. Like you're supposed to stay home. Just stay home, everybody. And now that like we're four years out almost, it's like we can't stay home all of our lives. Like we have to. Like I I have to go to work. Like I've committed to this job like we have to go out and we have to like integrate ourselves into society with this stupid virus. Like it just, how are you going to do this? You know? like ugh. So I've been trying to process all of that this week. Um And also like we've, I've had to say no to like a birthday party this Saturday and no to this holiday thing that we were invited to. And just because I didn't want to expose anyone, you know, in case I did test positive later on. And so is constantly holding this responsibility of knowing that you could potentially be carrying the virus and like, do I wanna go? Do I not wanna go? Like we saw my in-laws because we just got a new car and like we need to go pick it up on Sunday. And it's like, do we expose them to it? Okay, we're all wearing masks. A three-year-old wearing a mask is really challenging. It's just never ending. And that's the part that feels exhausting. I just wish, that we didn't have to do this. And then on top of that, it's like you're thinking, I'm thinking, I don't know if you're thinking, but I'm still looking at all the stuff that's happening in Gaza right now. Um, The United States was the only country in the entire world that struck down a ceasefire from the UN. Like the UN is trying to like pass these things so they can move forward and stop this. And the UN is like, no, no, we don't need a ceasefire. Like what the frick what the frick ah and so sitting there feeling all upset about the exhaustion i feel from the covid that's still going around and then also realizing there's people in the world that have way more bigger things to worry about like not getting bombed and making sure that they don't die and making sure they find food and it's just exhausting you know like this part just feels exhausting and i have to get back to the present moment and just tell myself, in this moment, I am safe. In this moment, I can make the decision to keep my child home. In this moment, I can make the decision to wear a mask to work because just in case, this is the virus, which it probably is even though I'm testing negative. Like. I have the choice to not pass it forward and that's what I have control over in this moment. And so I just have to tell myself these things because otherwise it gets really overwhelming and then my brain just sort of shuts down. So if you're in this sort of boat and if you're wondering how to make these decisions, um, the phrase in this moment really seems to help. Because otherwise, everything feels really big and overwhelming. And then we don't make any decisions. And that's how we get in these situations a lot of the time. So not to be the bearer of bad news. But, you know, just make sure you're making the choices that you'll be happy with, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Okay, I'm taking a sip of my honey tea so I can read the story. Um, So, yeah, here is... Amani part two, I'm trying to find my place in the story, okay, so, yeah, they're gonna go, they're going to the city, I think is where I left off, and the guard was like, and what do we have here, all right, Amani part two. The guard stared at me, waiting for an answer. The sun was setting, and there was barely any light on the road. Who was this guard, and why was he at this random gate in the forest? I didn't have time for all of the questions to arise. He flashed his flashlight at my friend's. I said, what do we have here? He asked more sternly than before. Oh, I'm bringing these characters to a friend's niece. She's having a bit of a hard time lately, so I figure these animals would cheer her up. I smiled awkwardly. Huh. He looked at them closer. Okay, go on through. I wasn't sure if he was serious or what was happening, but I slowly pressed on the gas pedal, and the jeep went past the gate. As the jeep went past the gate, I could feel my entire body pulsing with an interesting energy I had never felt before. Whoa, that was crazy, I said as I looked at Sam. He just stared at me, looking stunned. What? I asked as I tried to keep my eyes on the road. Um, I don't know how to tell you this. He was making a weird wheezing sound. But I want to bite and chew all of our friends. He jumped to the back seat and I swerved to the right. I pulled over on the side of the road, parking the car. I turned my body to look at the back seat. There was Sam on top of all the characters who were now turned into stuffed animals. Oh my God! What happened to What happened to them? I asked, grabbing a stuffed version of Gus. He was still just a skew but now filled with stuffing. I have no idea, but I wonder if they have squeakers inside of them. I love squeaky toys. Sam, I pulled Agar out of his mouth and checked for any tears in the fabric. We cannot chew on our friends. We have to figure out why they turn into stuffed animals. What are we supposed to do? The answer is always love, Isa. We just love them he replied with a cheesy smile on his face just as i was about to snap at him my phone started ringing i saw Allie's name on my screen and jumped back to the front seat Allie, i said loudly as i answered the phone did it work she asked urgently did what work i was more confused than ever and desperately needed her to explain everything to me how are our friends are they full of stuffing she said i could almost hear a slight laughter in her tone If by that you mean that they shrunk and turned into stuffed animals, then yes, it worked. And why didn't you tell me about any of this? I was getting worked up and wanted answers now. Yes, okay, that's great. But you can still talk to them? She completely ignored my demand. What do you mean can I still talk to them? They're stuffed animals. Just a child's toy and nothing more. I squeezed Shiloh and a high-pitched squeak escaped their little body. Sam's ear perked up, but only the right one because his left ear was always down. It was something that made him extra cute. I glaringly stared at him. Oh boy, Ali said in a worried voice. What do you mean, oh boy? I moved the stuffed animals away from Sam as he was now drooling on them, trying his hardest not to bite them. Okay, Isabel, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Before we go any further, I think I need to explain to you what has happened. She sighed loudly and took a deep breath. Yeah, I think that would only help the situation. What is going on? I hated being out of the loop, especially when big things happen like this. So that gate you went through, well, it's like a magical portal that brings you back into the real world, the world where you met T-Rex, Mom, and Gaz, and part of where you met Agar. You see, this this, this entire time, there's been this blend of magical world and the real world, and you've been walking the line of these two worlds your entire life. Our challenge on this journey was going to be getting the characters to stay themselves as you made the transition back into the real world, all while maintaining the illusion that they are just stuffed animals. <coughs> oh, excuse me. This explanation was quite intriguing. and made perfect sense. I understood and accepted it. So what happened? I mean, how did all of this happen? Why are they stuffed animals? I wanted to bring them back to their natural state. I felt terrible for having for having them be this lifeless version of themselves. Well, when I fixed your jeep, I sort of did a spell at the same time. She quieted down. I knew she had done some sort of magic and my body felt that shift, but I had no idea it was going to turn into this. That makes sense, but what happened? Sam lay down and cuddled with all of them as I poked at them. They were just regular stuffed animals. It was incredible. <laughs> Well, we knew that they couldn't come out of the forest in their natural state. This real world cannot handle all of it at once. Especially now that they have guards at the entrances and exits. Bringing our magic out of the forest has become a lot more challenging. I was astonished by the fact that magic truly did exist, and that she mentioned we, which meant there were a lot more alleys out there somewhere, she continued. So I did a spell that would allow two realities to exist at the same time. This is why you often see little kids playing with their stuffed animals. To the majority of adults, it just looks like kids playing. But because young minds are so open to magic, a lot of the time they can actually see it. I flash back to being a little kid and knowing that my shoe turned into a troll doll. His hair was bright purple and he had one of those weird belly buttons. My whole family always laughed at me and made me feel like I was crazy. But maybe, just maybe, it was because I was able to see a different reality, the one that included magic. Okay, so I should be able to see them as their natural form right now, and I can't, so that's the problem. I wanted to get this fixed as soon as possible. I had a feeling that someone would be coming looking for us, although I wasn't sure quite why the sudden feeling arose in me. Exactly, Ali said quickly. When I did the spell, I went a little too far on the non-magic side of it, and now I've turned them into real stuffed animals, which means we only have about 15 minutes for them to turn back for the spell to work. She hesitated for a moment. And if we can't, then what? They'll stay like this forever? I looked sweetly at the way Sam had fallen asleep on top of them. I'm afraid so, Allie answered quietly. Okay, tell me what to do. I knew I had to do something. I couldn't let my friends turn into stuffed animals forever. Eventually, their families would be wondering where they went. Plus, it was really nice to maintain a relationship with them. It's not like I wanted them gone forever. You're going to harness... You're going to have to harness the energy that you use when you heard, when you healed yourself, Ellie began. <clears throat> I grabbed a small journal I had in my back seat and signaled with my hands to Sam to find me a pen. He dug through the messy pile I had underneath the front seat. Journals, sketchbooks, pens, markers, brushes, and even some watercolor paints. I smiled and tried to remember all the hope I had had to paint on that camping trip. With the crazy ride I had been on, I never got the chance to paint. Okay, I'm ready. Tell me everything I need to say. Sam handed me a purple gel pen. Well, it's not so much about what you say, but more about how you feel when you say it, Ali explained. It made no sense. I waited for her to share the actual words I was supposed to say. But okay, before you start, you want to imagine the two realities at once. Imagine what the people who don't have access to their own magic will see. You know, a bunch of cute stuffed animals. But at the same time, imagine what you, Sam, and I will see, our character friends, in their normal state. I closed my eyes and imagined it. I saw us walking down the street. To others, it looked like I was just carrying a bag of toys, but I could still see and hear them being their usual selves. In fact, they were all just walking behind me and the bag was empty. Allie continued. Then you can say whatever you want, really. My favorite go-to goes something like this. I lift the veil of the everyday hold the mainstream has on this magic. Let the veil be thin enough where the magic can be free to touch those who are awake to it, she paused. She was waiting for me to say it. I put my hands over the characters and repeated those exact words words as I imagined what it would be like to walk through my life having these characters be a part of it without anyone else seeing them. The yellow tinkles filled my entire body and Sam began to whine. Opening my eyes, I could see how slowly each one of them was turning back to their normal selves. "'It's working! It's working!' I shouted into the phone. "'It's actually working!' "'Don't sound so surprised!' Allie said, laughing. "'You knew you had magical powers!' I moved back into the front seat as I knew that they would be turning back into the normal sizes and would end up squishing me. How did they all all fit in the backseat anyway? Turning the car on, I said goodbye to Allie. We'd be going back to my place to drop off my tiny suitcase that magically fit all my stuff in it. Then we'd wait for Allie to text the address where we would go meet up with her brother and niece. Everything looked different. The city was gray and dull. Compared to the greens and blues of the forest, I was a little sad to be back. Everything felt busier and louder than I remembered. "'Whoa, that was a close call,' t rex mom said, stretching out her short arms. "'Well, that would have been unfortunate,' Shiloh smoothed out the top of their hair. "'We made it back to my place. I slowly took the keys out of my pack, "'feeling a little awkward to have a bunch of characters come into my space, "'a space that I hadn't seen in quite some time. How long had it been anyways?' Hey, my neighbor Mark waved at me as I placed a key in the door. Oh, hey, Mark. He was a nice guy, a divorced dad of two who spent most of his days working. He was totally happy with going to work and coming home to watch TV. We haven't seen you in a while. You doing okay? It was nice to have neighbors who noticed I was gone. I always wondered if living alone made it harder for others to notice my existence. Oh, yeah, I just went camping. I smiled. He looked at my car and then backed at me. What do you got there? He pointed to the empty bag I was holding. The characters were standing behind me trying to hide. They were doing a horrible job. Oh, just some toys for a new client. I smiled. I hadn't talked about my clients in a long time. Not that Ali's not that Allie's niece would become a client or anything. Maybe that's the whole reason why she brought us all back into the first place. That must be it. Cool. And that was the extent of our conversation. Surface level stuff. Well, have a good day, he said, and entered his house. He seems boring, Agar said as he stared where he had been standing. "And eh, he's alright, I said, shrugging my shoulders. I turned the key and t- took a deep breath in. Okay, so this is my home, I said, gesturing at all my stuff. Hey, you changed some things around, because was busy running around checking out the new bookshelf I had put up. We all got settled and decided to put on a show And decided to put on a show while i put my stuff away but i said very sternly there will be no fighting over what to watch or how long to watch or any of that because someone needed to be in charge they all smiled at me they were kind of cute all together like this here in fact let me pick something for you all i settled on a documentary about something called blue zones or something or other Walking into my bedroom felt surreal. Everything looked the same yet different. It was like I was a completely different person, but I couldn't explain how or why. I changed my clothes into something more comfortable since I'd wanted to unpack all of my camping gear and clean it out, but just as I slid a t-shirt over my shoulders, my phone beeped. It was Allie, and she had made it to her brother's house. She was going to talk to him for a little bit and asked if we could meet her there in about an hour. I looked at the address and plugged it into the Maps app. Shoot, it would take us 45 minutes to get there. That didn't give us much time to rest or stop for food. I'd have to look in my pantry and see which snacks I had that we could all share. After finding a new box of protein bars, I gave everyone some water and started the bathroom break train. I don't like these protein bars, Cornelius stuck his tongue out at me. Sam stared at him and then liked him. It's the only food I have left in my house, Cornelius. Just eat it. I know you'll get hangry during the drive if you don't eat it. I took a bite of my protein bar. Just do it, please. He resisted a little longer, but eventually ended up eating it. We all got in the car without saying a word. There was an unspoken feeling as I buckled my seatbelt. Sam in the passenger seat and the rest of the crowd in the back. Listen, folks, I began to say before I turned the car on I'm not entirely sure what we are doing with Allie and her whole situation here, but I want you to know just how grateful I am for you and all of your journeys, and how glad I am that we got to spend the time together. They all smiled. And, I had to say all of this out loud, I'm going to need all of you to be on your best behavior, okay? They all nodded, turning the car on, I added, I am in the driver's seat. I am in the driver's seat after all. We drove off into the main road. I noticed how each of them were enjoying staring out the window. Nobody said a word. I welcomed the silence. It felt more peaceful. After the 45 minutes of driving, we made it to the building where Allie was. It was a six-story apartment building. It looked older and not very well taken care of. She had said they were in the apartment all the way to the top. I looked up and noticed a bunch of plants hanging from the ceiling of the balcony. Good, I thought. It's good for kids to have plants to take care of. I grabbed the empty bag to maintain the magical illusion that the characters were in there. Then I opened the back door and allowed them to come out. A family was walking on the sidewalk and their dog began barking at them. The family looked confused because Sam was on the opposite side of this dog. Then the kid in the stroller gasped and pointed at T-Rex's mom oops, he could see the characters. The parents were worded out, so they sped up before the kid said anything. So you think that kid can see them? I asked Sam, now highly aware that I was talking to a dog that in this reality could not talk back. I think it depends on the child, I heard him say in my head. We crossed the street and pressed the buzzer to be let in. This was an older building, and in this part of town, it was hard to get the city to update their buildings. Most of them didn't have elevators, so we had to take the stairs. After six flights of stairs, I was pretty tired. Trying to catch my breath, I slowly knocked on the door. I looked at Maple and Manolo. Must be easier being able to fly over a bunch of stairs. Allie opened the door. She looked different in the city too, more serious and less full of life. I made my way into the small apartment. It smelled delicious. Hi, Isabel, she said as she hugged me and took the bag from my shoulder. This is my brother Alex. He extended his arm and shook my hand. Hello, I said quietly as I looked around. There were music records on a shelf next to a record player, a baby swing next to the couch, a set of blocks neatly stacked on top of the table. Everything looked incredibly clean. It was hard to believe that children lived here. It was as if each of them had its own place, including the children, who I did not see yet. So, Isabel, Ellie began to speak as she sat on the couch. Alex had offered me a glass of water and handed it to me. I explained to Alex that you do work with children, in particular with children who are going through tough times or going through different transitions. Yes, I do. I took a sip of my water. There was something about the apartment that made me feel a little uneasy. Like there was unspoken pain that traveled through the hallways. The characters had made themselves comfortable and were looking around all over the apartment. That's interesting, Alex said, almost sounding a bit annoyed that I was there. I explained to Allie that the kids are fine. They don't need any interventions. Everything is fine. Oh, I realized that Allie had brought me and the characters without her brother agreeing to it. Tension began to grow. And I explained to him that sometimes we don't know our loved ones need the intervention until we can see how much it helps them. She smiled sweetly at him. You could tell that she was the older sister the way she looked at him. Okay, he threw his hands up in the air. I guess we can try this intervention and see if it helps Amani. My body felt chills when I heard her name. How old is Amani and what is her birth order? I took a notebook out. This was very unlike me. I usually wanted to get a clear consent form signed and a detailed plan before ever even meeting the client. But everything about the situation was different and it felt urgent. She's five, and she is the second of three. Her older sister is seven, and her baby brother was just born two months ago. There was no telling that there were three kids in this home. Thank you, I smiled at him. I could tell that he had his defenses up. He didn't trust me. Or maybe it was that he didn't trust anyone. And what is your main concern with what's going on with your daughter? I hated asking this question. Well, she's just a little weird. He looked around, embarrassed to have said that out loud. In what ways? I was genuinely interested in his answer. I often found that parents who struggled accepting who their children were actually struggled those, accepting those parts of themselves. Um, she talks to her toys, likes to play in the mud a little too much, and just seems like she's in her own little world all the time. It's hard to connect with her because she doesn't really engage with anybody in her family. He looked defeated, admitting all of this to us. I looked at Allie and she seemed very saddened by his response, but she knew that she couldn't jump in and fix what he had said. And why is that a problem? I like to get the whole picture of how the dynamics of the family were at play. Honestly, I'd be fine just letting her be who she is, but her mother, he stopped himself from saying what he really wanted to say. Her mother has a hard time letting her be, and it's causing a lot of friction in our relationship. I heard a sound at the, one of the doors down the hallway. It was all the characters. They were all standing outside of Amani's door, curious to see who was inside. Is she here right now? I hadn't asked that before. That was one of my questions. Bef- that was usually one of my questions before I allowed the parents to share. Most kids like to eavesdrop to hear what their parents really thought of them. Yes, she's in her closet. She's refusing to come out again. That's why I called Allie. My wife took her oldest and the baby to the park so that we could clear her mind, so she could clear her mind a bit. I looked over at Allie. She smiled at me. There was so much more than neither of them were sharing. Either of them were sharing. Okay, I used my calm voice. The characters were knocking on the door, but Allie and I were the only ones I could hear them. Would you mind if I go knock on the door to see if she opens it? Sure, Alex said, sounding resigned. It couldn't hurt you can even open the door i'm sure she'll still refuse to come out of her closet i put my glass down on the table my hands had gotten sweaty just holding it the hallway was a long corridor that led to the bedrooms and the bathroom which were all at the end of the hallway i took note that there were few pictures in the house most families love to put up pictures of their kids some even lined the hallways with them but not here i hadn't even seen one drawing or coloring page on the fridge when i walked in Sam was walking right beside me. I overheard Alex asking about him and wondering why I had brought a puppy. Maybe he was nervous I'd be leaving him here. Hey, everyone, I whispered. Y'all need to back up. I knocked on the door quietly and waited for a response. Maybe she doesn't want to see us, Pablo said sadly. She doesn't even know us, Amelia said sharply. Maybe she just needs some space to be left alone, you know, Mabel said quietly. Manola looked at her. Yeah, let's just leave her alone, Agar agreed. She'll probably just get really mad if you bother her when she doesn't want to be bothered. t rex mom made a good point. I know I do. I smiled at her. It's okay. I can handle it, I said gently. I knocked on the door again and waited for the yellow tingles to travel all through my body before I opened the door. The bedroom had toys on a shelf, books on the bed, the sheets had sh- these colorful little boats on them, and was neatly made. Then I stepped on something odd. A bunch of Barbie heads were on the ground. Huh interesting i said to myself is she there shiloh asked curiously i stopped in front of the closet it was closed but it was one of those closets with small blinds on them and behind those blinds towards the bottom of the closet doors i could see two big eyes staring at me i snapped my fingers for sam to come sit right next to me i knew that no child would be able to resist sam Hi Imani, my name is Isabel, and this is Sam. We've come for you. I realized that sounded a bit scary after I said it out loud. All of the characters respected the space and stayed outside of the bedroom door, but some of them signal how bad my wording had been. I saw thumbs down, sad faces, and Agor even used his paw to move it across his neck uh, as if he's saying, cut it out. I waited a few more minutes. I could, hear, I could see her looking at us, but she was determined to not come out, and I didn't want to rush her if she wasn't ready. Sam suddenly said, Okay, Amani, if you're not coming out there, then I'm going in. We heard a soft gasp in her little sweet voice. Your dog can talk? She had met the magic in her. This was going to be fun. <sighs> so that's the last character. It is a, a little girl, and I'm trying not to get teary-eyed. Um, So it's not an animal. And I realized writing this whole story that all of these characters have been protecting and defending um, what's called an exiled part and um, ifs it's a part of us that we tend to shun away and exile them because they bring us so much pain and for me that's my inner child and so a lot of times you'll hear people talking about doing your inner child work Um, and i realize that these characters their entire job was for us to build this community where we can coexist together and work together. And the whole reason for that was so that we could go back and get her out because she needs to feel safe in this world. And that's why I hold back a lot of times because I don't feel safe. My inner child doesn't feel safe because she never got that. And so there's going to be the end of the story. You know, obviously I have two more um, parts to write, but it's going to be really focusing on that piece and um i'm excited and i'm scared because there's going to be lots of things i'm going to have to confront about my childhood and things that i maybe have just kind of put away but i am (sighs) she's so sweet like i heard her little voice in my head and i'm just like i love her so much already and the characters love her and i'm just so excited to get her out of that space and to see what she can do in this world and i'm just like it's all coming together. It's all going to make sense. And I'm looking at the time and it's about to cut me off. So I'm going to get off of this and I hope that you have a fantastic week and that you enjoy this part of the story and that you're curious enough to come back next week to see what happens with Amani and will she come out of the closet? What will happen? I guess we'll see. All right. Thank you for listening. Adios. Thank you for listening to the Plata Life podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, or just share it with a friend. I'd greatly appreciate it. Bye.